good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Paul Webb, I'm the founder of B2B Energy, and you are listening to Energy Speaks Back. Energy Speaks Back interviews energy experts from around the world. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to episode 17 of Energy Speaks Back and I do hope you enjoyed our new music. Weekly I present to you experts from around the world and today we are back in the UK. Our subject today is Bitcoin and its involvement with the energy market. I am very intrigued as to where this podcast is actually going to go today. Our purpose, as always, is to provide a good understanding of energy management knowledge from around the world, which is available today for us to deliver energy savings that impact on our planet. Today, I'm joined by a Bitcoin and a cryptocurrency expert who is the founder of Rowan Energy. Rowan Energy Blockchain is the world's first community-supported green energy blockchain. The expert has so much passion about this sector and a very good understanding on the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency sector. And I've been badgering him like mad ever since I've started these podcasts to get him on here as an interview. So without any further ado, I give you David Duckworth. Good afternoon, David. And how are you today? Yeah, really good, thank you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a, a a busy morning already. Actually, it's been one of those days today already. And um, how's your your year started? Is you, you had a good start to the year? Yeah, we've had um, an eventful start of the year actually. So, um, in my industry, we've had some uh, regulatory changes, so we've had to make sure that we comply. Um, so there's been a lot of back and forth with lawyers and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, like we've we've managed to kickstart the year. In a, in a good way like one of my new year's resolutions is to um do things a little bit more uh, grown up for a business you know running board meetings and um you know i'm having weekly catch-ups with my team and stuff where you know last year was just especially towards the end it was just so busy that you just kind of you do it on the fly grabbing information from here there and sharing it you've got we've got whatsapp group and just go tap 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 you know just update everybody at the same time and then move on um yeah, and yeah. so yeah i'm kind of hoping that uh this year would be a little bit more structured with it, but it's it's looking like it's going to be another year, which is just crazy. So yeah, when it when it gets so David, I I've known you for many years and um, brought a miner from you, a Bitcoin miner, which kept me up for many many nights. Used all my electricity, and uh, I think by the end of it, we made point three of a, a Bitcoin, which was very good at the time. So David, um. Tell the if you can tell the audience a bit about yourself and about your background regarding uh, bitcoins. Yeah, sure. So um, I so traditionally I'm from a technical background. Um, I have for many years uh, worked as a consultant advising financial and legal firms um, on their network and security infrastructure. Big names: Deutsche Bank, Aviva. Um, uh, Barclays Capital as well. There's been loads, I see. So, um, and then in um, 2014, my father-in-law um, 
uh, for my pain actually introduced me um, to bitcoins and uh, just simply I think he read it in the Daily Mail and said you know have you ever heard of this uh, criminal internet money um, and um, and I hadn't actually and um, oh, by the way ever since then he's um, taken all credit for any success I've ever had because it was him that introduced <laughs> me right and and there have been bad times as well and which he doesn't you know well you should have been more careful kind of thing you yeah, know? yeah yeah of course, um, of course but off the back of that I went and um, started to investigate they did a bit of buying and trading um and then in the towards the end of 2014 i think it was i forget the time now um i built an enterprise level bitcoin mine in cambridge in the uk um and um at that time it was a 26 terahash mine which filled an entire room with miners um and it was really impressive and it was all completely not completely i would say 90 autonomous as well so um if servers need rebooting it would recognize it and it would restart itself and stuff and it was awesome but um after the it, we ran that for about 10 months i think it was about 10 months um and then as we came towards the renewal of our of our lease the landlord came along and went look you can't include your electricity next year in your in your lease and it made the mine unprofitable and there was a massive dip in the token and so uh, we sold that mine off um and uh, and I kind of walked away from the mining side, but it gave me a great basis in it. Um, and from there, um, there've been several different um, projects I've kind of worked on. These are, you know, kitchen table stuff, which, you know, just because, you know, I've been writing code for years and I, I like writing code and I would, you know, I, would, I built um, some trading algorithms to try and amplify maybe what if, if I could have a miner producing a certain amount of Bitcoin, could we then put it for an amplification process to make it worth more money towards the end of it? And turns out they're really hard to write. <laughs> I wasn't very good at coding. And so, yeah, you know, things like that, um, which then led to um, the formation of the business that I'm running now, which is rowing, rowing energy. So, um, yeah, so it kind of encompassed altogether um, several different passion, pass, um, passions that I have. One of them is, you know, saving the world, saving the planet, um, and then crypto and blockchain as well. And it was originally devised in order to um, uh, reward people for living a more sustainable life. That was where it was. And the idea originally was like to use the best of breed of kind of cryptocurrencies and kind of a reward system in order to um, reward people for recycling plastic bottles or, um, you know, running an electric car kind of thing. And it was incredibly hard to quantify, you know, how would you reward somebody? How much would you reward someone for recycling a plastic bottle? Maybe someone recycles their sofa when they get a new one and you know how, how do you quantify it and that was really really hard um kind of algorithm that we were working on and you know the tracking of it would have been the infrastructure involved would have been worth more than the reward points themselves and so it was harder for us to do that um but a which then led i suppose to uh, one of the um key drivers which was um around the same time this was in uh, 2019 um the government stopped the feed-in tariff, which was uh, for people with rooftop solar and how much they could earn and stuff. And it had been diminishing over time anyway. So um, my parents, I don't know how it happened. They're like, my parents are like 190 years old and somehow they got solar panels on the roof of their house. Um, I think it was during the financial crash towards the end of it, they weren't earning anything on their savings. They thought, 
solar panels is a, a better return on investment than that. And, and they, they were right, of course. But um, and, and they were right at the beginning of the feed in tariff, 45 pence a kilowatt. Um, they're still on that. They've still got another 11 years left or whatever. So they, they've done really well. Whereas my sister got in on it right at the end and is on pennies per kilowatt for, for the energy they produce. And in my head, you know, in a time where we uh, everyone wants to move, you know, make the transition to renewable energies. And if anyone want, we need to accelerate it, um, the initiative disappeared. And so, you know, we were looking at energy companies that were offering um, a return on investment for a solar install of, you know, 20 years. And, you know, some of them more, 20, 30 years. And, you know, that was longer than the um, kit was expecting to last, actually. So we thought it was madness. So we wanted to um, move away from, um, trying to fix everything and just focus on one thing and that was solar and so we wanted to encourage the adoption of rooftop solar again um, and that's kind of where we got to and so um, that rewards people for the generation of solar so this has got nothing to do with how much is fed on the grid uh, it's got nothing to do um, it, it wouldn't like affecting any kind of feeding tariffs but what it does is um, we developed um, a smart miner um, and that smart miner goes into people's homes um, and it counts the amount of energy generated. We don't care if you use it locally. We don't care if it's fed into the grid. We don't, that doesn't make any difference. If it's being generated on your roof, it's not being um, produced by coal fire power stations. Um, and so we count that energy, those, um, the energy being produced. And then we reward the owner of the solar back uh, in the form of row and reward points. Um, the reward points themselves um, are have have a monetary value actually, and so we're expecting. Um, although our pilot is just going live, and this this um, is all going to be confirmed, but around ten to fifteen pence or something per kilowatt we'll be able to offer that's produced. We do a very clever um, thing with Kutati, which allows us to. Um, uh, offer those rewards to people. Um, they can cash those rewards out. By the way, we've got a row in rewards debit card that's coming out um and also you know we'll be able to cash her out to, to um buy a paypal for example or um there's also a donate button so people that are in um energy poverty you know you can donate your energy directly to them or it will go straight to the charity actually that's involved um now there's an untapped market out there in the uk which is um so the carbon offset market is set to grow in fact actually there was an article that came out today saying um one of the countries one of the scandinavian countries i think it was we're looking at they, they think it's just about 95 dollars um per ton of um, carbon for oil and gas companies produce and they're expecting that to go to 250 260 dollars per ton um and but there is no carbon offset taking place from the energy produced by rooftop solar. And the reason for that is that there's no way of counting it currently. And that's what we're bringing in. Um, and so we are able to take the data from those rooftops production um, and generate our own renewable energy certificates that can be used. It's actually a hybrid certificate. Um, so it's it's the equivalent of a UK rock or international rec um, or what they in the UK we call a rego. So. A rock is for carbon offset. Um, each each certificate is equivalent of half a kilo, um, and um, we sell them to businesses in order to offset their carbon footprint, or, or individuals, businesses or individuals. Um, and as we move, as we progress further into the row energy journey, it will be used as a rego, which is the guarantee of origin of your energy. Um, 
so um, that's where we are at the point right now. So we've got um, a pilot that's running. So we've, we've put this now into, um, we've got our own smart miners, only six houses just to get the customer journey, right? We want this to be, when you're dealing with the general public and, you know, if, I imagine um, once we think we've got it right, we'll hand one of these devices to my dad um, to say, here we go, um, set that up. Um, and if he can do it, anyone can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we, so we signed, um, we got the go ahead this morning for 180 properties in Peterborough um, of whom um, all have already got solar installed and we're already compatible with their hardware that's installed in that house because we did our proof of concept with a meter reading company called Pass uh, Passive Systems um, and they are a client of Passive Systems which means that literally there'll be no COVID restrictions to getting this set up because we'll basically um, be able to um, there'll be no uh, physical access required into this uh, we'll be able to go directly um, via just the data they've already producing so, um, so that's 180 houses <laughs> just want to take back a little bit you're only interested yeah, go. in the energy being delivered from the solar you're not interested in the energy coming from the grid no so um, we're only interested in the energy being generated by the solar uh, the reason for that is um, is that if it's being produced by that solar panel, it's not being drawn from the grid, which is a mixture of all different types of energy. And, you know, when we grow up as an energy company, that's really important for us. And um, we'll, we are building, I, I guess, um, we're calling, uh, people call it, I think it's a virtual power plant where we're going to have, you know, tens of thousands of houses producing energy, which will be the customer of. And then that will be sold on to our consumer base. So that's that's the kind of long term goal. I mean, you know, as, as the business unfolds, you know, we have several um, really big partners that have signed up with us in order to distribute our product for us. Um, there's two solar companies of which um, combined do 300, 350 installs a month. But they've got a, a retrofit market of about. 400,000 properties or something. Um, and so if you have a look at that, you know, the, the, the row and mine of the hardware or the, um, the smart meter that is from passive, um, you know, the return on the investment for the infrastructure you have to contribute when you're, when you're buying it, um, it will be within 12 months, um, right. which compared to, you know, people going out spending 5,000 pounds on a battery that will take, 11 years to pay you back it's um i'm hopefully it's going to be a pretty good sell for them but you know the end goal is that we get um you know tens of thousands of these signed up as quickly as we can uh, we don't obviously want to grow too big because we'll trip over our own shoelaces but um with the with the aim that when we become then the energy company will already have tens of thousands of clients on board and um and you know it, it's it's a um it's a reward system of which uh, people won't want to leave or lose without signing up. So I think, um, you know, we're at a really exciting point. We're literally, um, you know, we've got national newspapers that are looking to write articles on us. Um, and, um, you know, we, there's a, there's a third company, which is a renewable energy uh, production company that they're the kind of company that puts um, a single wind turbine on a farm in order to, to offset the, what they're using on that farm. So they've got bio um, generators, they've got solar and they've got wind. And then they were really important to join the pilot for us because then it's 
a mixture of technologies as well, not just solo involved there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're on board, so which is awesome as well. So um, there'll be quite a lot of marketing will be involved in there. One of the guys who works for him has got is really a, a drone fanatic, and he's just going to do loads of like flying over the infrastructure and stuff for us. So that's really exciting. So, but, I mean, anybody that is producing energy on site, which is less than fifty kilowatts, um, is our is our target. You know, if you've got a large solar farm you're already entitled to um you know large government fed uh, returns for your um your money and, and it's kind of like what we're trying to um avoid is you know that kind of centralized energy production i mean solar's awesome but you know when you're taking up um you know thousands of acres of um farmland for example uh, with solar panels uh, when there are you know 50 million houses in the UK without panels on the roof of their house, uh, it, that would be a better place to put them all, I, I feel. Um, you know, decentralising the energy market so that people can buy their energy between each other. Um, you know, solving problems along the way, such as 60, 68% of Londoners only have on-street parking, they don't have off-street parking, so owning an electric vehicle is really difficult. Um, you don't have to use a public charge point or your work's charge point. Whereas um, with our infrastructure, you'll be able to charge your car with your home-generated solar wherever you are. Because that peer-to-peer -peer transaction happens between your home and your car, not so much another consumer. Um, we did a, a survey on a bunch of people that own electric vehicles, and um, you know one of the their fears, which is really, uh, really, really awesome, is so you have this kind of like um, vehicle to grid infrastructure coming up. And there, and um, although actually, if you read it, it's very clever, and I'm not um, going to take away the guys that have developed that, you know, credit where credit is due. Um, but the, the owner of the car was like, Yeah, I'm really worried about running out of energy. What happens if it gets sold back to the grid? And then suddenly I've got to do a longer journey, and I've got to, and it's, it's all valid, valid points. Um, but when you're able to track the energy coming off the grid and on the grid at any point within the within your infrastructure, um, you can do a friends and family, for example. So if you and your kids all have solar, maybe you share energy between you and there's, there's no transaction for that. You know, it's just um, you know, energy comes off the grid here and it comes it goes off you know, on the grid here, comes off. And then you can take that transaction between those two. And at the end of the um, day, you're and so, a meter on both ends, aren't you? Exactly. You know exactly. Off the system and what you put on it. Perfect. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, there are some clever stuff that people are doing in the industry. Um, and um, so, you know, there are um, quite major utility companies that have built infrastructure where um, the battery talks to the grid and it discharges onto the grid when the market conditions are right. And, that, you know, that's a pretty good uh, platform. I got, I was um, lucky enough to speak um, to the board and a technical team of one of the big utilities companies of whom um, couldn't really comprehend what I was doing actually. Um, and, uh, but besides the point is that they, you know, they've generated this product that um, bids on fractions of a penny, depending on the market conditions of that energy being discharged where, so it makes it more granulated. So if you are selling your energy with your neighbor, so Janet at number 90 um, has got a battery full of energy and John at number 92 um, turns his kettle on, which pours a draw from them from the grid. If the, if she then discharged on the grid 
um, as a result of him um, requesting the energy from the grid, that transaction can happen between those two, and that's a far higher monetary value going peer-to-peer on the consumer-prosumer level than it is sending it to the grid. And it's one of those ones which, you know, sounds... um, It sounds... You know, crazy when you first hear it you know while obviously it's slightly different now because everyone's at home but you're selling it to the grid for five pence and then you come home at night when the sun's gone down and turn the kettle on and make your dinner and you're buying it back for the same energy back from the grid uh, for 20 pence and you just think oh well, no, there's, there's something not right there and, and that's why the batteries have done so well um but i mean i i think the future um in energy is actually um people storing their energy and tokens not batteries so leave battery storage and all that to the grid and they've been doing it for years they're amazing you know like balancing the grid that way but if you produce energy create a token and then you can say you know i i i produce this much energy which is stored in the equivalent of these tokens and then when i buy it back i'll buy it back with those tokens that i've generated um and that allows you to buy and sell between um two people uh, for a very very much value for starters um and um it asks the utilities companies to earn a transaction fee between the two. so rather than making money from buying and selling energy we just we earn the transaction between two parties buying and selling energy between them mm-hmm. um well, and so yeah, that is where where we're going what i wanted to pick up on you've actually got a bitcoin if i can call it a bitcoin or a crypto coin called rowan energy now yeah how, where does that fit into yeah. this transaction? So the Rowan, so actually there's more than one actually within our infrastructure. And I don't mind um, sharing this. So um, the Rowan tokens of which are on the public exchanges are the same tokens that are the Rowan reward points that people get um, right. if you're a solar owner. Um, they have less functionality as a crypto user would have. So they have like a pane of glass but they can't send them between each other and they, or they can't sell their own tokens on an exchange. If you stole some money and converted it into Bitcoin, bought our token, transferred it to a Rowan solar owner, you could cash it out with a credit debit card and then you're facilitating um, money laundering. Um, and so they, we couldn't allow that functionality to, for those guys. Um, the, uh, so the Rowan token is part of that rewards platform. Um, and it's a perfect use case for rewards. You know, it's, it's, it's easy. The, the wallets and um, platforms are already there um, and um, and it's easily transferred into a, an amount in pounds or dollars or, or whichever country you're launching this in. Um, we've got another token, which um, is a completely different um, architecture. So um, there's a, an Ethereum based an Ethereum, which is another cryptocurrency. They've got a standard called an ERC 721 design and we we took that design and and rebuilt their smart contract um and that allows us to to produce tokenized renewable energy certificates which is very important as well because um the immutable um uh, characteristic of a blockchain means that it can't be edited afterwards so we can't um um there isn't any a a a point of fraud that can take place at that point there but the beauty of the er721 is a lot more data can be held on them um but uh, we've designed it so it can only be transferred once. So if you buy it to offset, you can't offset and then sell it to somebody else and they can offset. It can only be transferred once. And it also does a, a um, an application in, in, embedded in it, which uh, self-burns the token after 12 months. So 
um, you're only you can only offset your carbon for that 12 month period. After that, the tokens um, is is burnt, but the record of that token remains. Um, there's also a very, another very clever function uh, within the blockchain, uh, which allows us to comply with GDPR as well. So GDPR um, meter IDs. So on, on the chain, it stores um, the meter ID that the um, generation has taken place on, uh, the grid reference, um, the energy uh, is generated by what technology? So it's solar, wind, etc. Um, it has the installer's initials to say that it was officially on that site and installed in a certain way. Um, but that data is classed as personal information of people's information. Although you know, there's no names and addresses or anything, um, it's still classed as people's personal data. And they are within rights, of course, uh, could come to us and say, we want to have our data removed um, from your platform, which on a blockchain is quite difficult because if we start removing data, the whole chain falls over. Yeah. Um, and so we've done, yeah. so what we've done actually is um, we have, and we're the first people to do this, I think, um, is we have encrypted that data, um, and which means each individual token has its own private key. And if a person comes to us and says they want the data removed, we just delete the private key, which makes the data completely unreadable and usable that's on that chain. Um, but it still means the chain stays up because all the data is in chain encrypts on the chain um and so it gets around a lot of kind of um energy blockchain kind of um infrastructure and we're quite lucky because we built our own blockchain for this as well we didn't use a public chain um, we did that at the beginning uh, we couldn't justify using a public chain of which you know is is maintained by millions of tons of carbon a year we'd have to buy our own energy certificates to offset it um but um so we're able to pretty much um, we've been able to move our blockchain in the direction um, that we want without a group consensus or updates to the network of which would take, you know, asking lots and lots of people permission in order to make an update to a chain because we own it. We're able to do that. Um, it also means our blockchain is really valid. So all the transaction, the um, validation services, which are what makes a blockchain part of the infrastructure are all run on the smart miners in people's homes, which are based on Raspberry Pis, which cost about nine pound a year to run. Um, and even less because they're sitting behind some solar, um, which makes it a really low powered and therefore low carbon chain as well. With the, um, I was gonna ask how, how quickly, or is it up and running now? So if I had solar on my roof today, we could be facilitating a conversation yeah. to be able to transfer my solar power, being monitored it, measuring it, and transferring it into the As of today. So, um, no, is the answer. Uh, so we are in the middle of our, our live pilot. So we built a proof of concept last year, which allowed us to show that the technology works. And now we're in a pilot scheme. Um, so I'm expecting the pilot to run probably for about another, let's say, in the residential side, about eight weeks. Um, but we're expecting to be able to start pre-selling the miners um, towards the end of this month, I hope. And so they'll be available to pre-sale at you know, a discounted price, get in early kind of ideas, um, in order for us to um, then launch, I'm hoping at the end of February uh, where we'll be then ship them out and, you know, the installers will come and install it into people's houses. The good thing about our own miners, um, which will be for retro fitting. So if you've already got solar, you can get one of these yeah. um, is that they're non-intrusive. So you can 
add it to your system you only you need to have a, a plug socket you have a plug socket as well in order to um um, allow the uh, CT sensor, which is the bit that counts the energy, um, to um, to have a, a steady current next to it so it can validate it properly. Um, and so um, you don't have to inform your energy company. You don't have to uh, you know, have to make your surgery done in your house. It literally sits next to it, clips onto the wire. We've done some um, interesting stuff on the device itself, which stops... Um, the application of fraud. So, you know, in theory, you could just take that clip off and put it on the inbound connection of your house and it would count the energy coming in, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Um, when the installer installs it, the certified installer installs it, he um, he then runs his, the first reading of which takes the, the sine wave, the uh, inverter. And so every inverter has its own kind of like signal. And if that signal uh, changes towards the end of it, it's either your, your inverter's breaking um, or you've moved it. And if that happens, then you, all the accounts freeze and there's nothing they can do with anything. Um, and so that was a match put that in for, for fraud, um, um, which uh, is an important part of as well, um, guarantee what's sitting behind the meter almost. So, um, but yeah, uh, so right now, the answer is right now, um, you're going to start hearing about us a lot more and, you know, the live pilot is out there. Um, but towards, so you're going to be the end of the month or beginning of February, um, there'll be pre-sale, available pre-sale, um, with the first shipping of them, I'm hoping, end of February, beginning of March. And then where are you looking to take this long term? What's the, what's the game plan for the future? In UK, um, we... Take this globally oh no 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 so this so this part what you understand is the rewards part of it is only a very small um part of what we're going to do so we have already got them the cogs in motion to get our utilities license um and we will um we're aiming to launch in the uk for starters just to prove the business model um but a a um community-fed green energy company which means you buy your energy from locally so where you if you buy your energy from a big six um, they greenwash it with certificates to say that it's green um but with our energy you can go onto our dashboard and you can see in real time where your energy is being produced and it's a house it's a roof it's on, on a google maps it's like this this roof here is producing your energy right now and um so that takes away the requirement for regos on on the platform um and um, the exchange is actually happening between that prosumer and yourself and actually what you're buying and selling are these Rego certificates that we're producing. Um, the end game is to bring out um, the next generation of energy companies um, of which, you know, are it's far more transparent. The um, it happens in real time rather than, um, you know, data collected once a month and then accumulated and understood. And then the grid balance is in the background. I mean, we have to kind of retrofit what we're doing into the grids infrastructure. And so we're going to take care of that bit. But the front end of it there is um, owners of rooftop solar selling their energy directly to um, consumers directly peer-to-peer -peer. that's the end game um people selling energy from their rooftop directly to their electric car that's being plugged in on the other side of town um or you know or you have a like i was saying friends and family maybe your kids have got electric vehicles and you just you your, your energy just transfers to, um, to their electric vehicle or wherever they plug it in in order to give them you know it's like giving them fuel money i mean obviously um i know that we know this but it may not be obvious to some people listening we're not 
sending the eons down the cable over to the other side of town. You know, in the UK, the grid is just one big pool of which um, people vomit energy into it. Um, and so as long as we're tracking where it's going onto the grid and coming off the grid, and, and it's time stamped, which is important as well, um, we can match those up. The platform for the energy trading is uh, interesting. So I mentioned to you at the beginning, I was building kind of trading bots that um, were for originally for cryptocurrency. Um, well, we've been able to adapt that in order to build an exchange, an energy exchange, um, of which um, then facilitates the sale of energy between prosumers and consumers. Um, and it's all based on how much do you need, who's going to sell it to you, and who's the most local person to you possible, done by you know postcode or, or grid reference. Um, and um, and so you are truly buying green energy. I mean, then, and we're actually willing to accept that at some point, um, especially at the beginning, you might go on to that and go, I've energy been induced by this because there's not enough energy within our own infrastructure to supply everybody. Um, but we're hoping, like, you know, there'll be a pivot point where that will change. Um, and plus, you know, we've got plans. Um, one of our directors has got strong links into um, uh commercial solar production um and so you know when you work with and when you've got farms producing existing using various different technology um you know at some point the pivot point will be there uh, where we're running on our own infrastructure you know where we've got batteries to charge in when people require you know the sun's up or the wind's blowing um and uh, there'll be points and where we're definitely buoyant where i need um and i'm hoping overproducing and being able to sell that back to the grid for other people to consume as well you mentioned business and the commercial element of this could we see businesses taking this on board yes. got roof space and they've got significant amount of solar that they could absolutely there's a um, in Woodbridge in Suffolk. There's a um, there's a business park of where they invested, and all of their factory roofs have got solar panels on them, um, and they are um, they're designated individual business units. Um, and so, and each one of them, only one of them actually, which is like an aircraft hangar, but um, has got more than 50 kilowatts in the roof. But we can easily facilitate that. I mean, especially when you've got a business park like that, where they can buy and sell between them on that business park for starters. Yeah. Um, but that could be a real anchor point for um, for um, for allowing us to have enough energy to supply our consumers, but also, you know, as an extra income for um, the um, for the businesses as well. Yeah. And we're looking at an average on our portfolio, especially. So we've done the uh, market research on the one in Peterborough that we're doing the proof of concept with the pipe. Um, and they, over the over the course of the year, they produce 20 kilowatts a day on average-ish. Um, so you can imagine the um, the difference in the return for a, a, a factory roof with 10 times much on there. For example, um, you know, and having a daily income of 10, 15 pence per kilowatt on there—that's that's, that's a big income for these guys. Mm. Uh, but it's definitely something we're interested in working with, especially. So there's a—I um, think it's the the National Institute of Small and Medium Businesses. I think um, are already talking to us to in, to um, attract their members into this in order um, for not only you know to, to help offset their carbon which is a, a, an important thing going for businesses um, but also as, as an extra income for them for every kilowatt they produce um, and remember right at this second we're only interested in what's produced not what they use on site so even if they're neutral in their carbon uh, their electricity production 
they can still earn any uh, income on that energy of which they're not earning now. But David, look, this is an amazing story. Every time I speak to you, I start to understand <laughs> it better and I'm really getting a good understanding. And I, I think what you've got here is really radical and I think it's, it's needed within this industry. So well done for sort of really keeping on to this. I know you've been doing this for, um, for quite a few, you know, few years and focusing on and you know meeting the barriers, jumping over the barriers <laughs> yeah. pushing through the barriers kicking the barriers out of the way I, I, the barriers, I know you do this all the time so look what can you give back to our audience today what is there something that you could provide knowledge back to our industry blockchain is a buzzword there are um it's often described as um the hammer looking for a nail um, you know, people say, well, I don't know, use it. we've got to use blockchain somehow. Um, within energy, there are um, big conversations to do with certificates. There's big conversations to do with peer-to-peer -peer energy trading. That's you know one of the holy grails of blockchain within the energy sector. Um, but the key actually to all of this is, and, and we said it before, is tracking the energy coming onto the grid and off the grid at the same time in real time. Yeah. Um, once you've got that data set, I mean, so, you know, you can imagine as the grid grows up and they have uh, recognised the infrastructure needs revamping. But uh, I think they've got like a 14 billion pound budget or something in order to do so. If I can tell you where my is going off the grid in the same time, um, there's a possibility that I have a case to say that I'm only going to pay for the infrastructure between those two points. And so, um, and that and that raises um, the question to the grid owners, like you know, justifying um, infrastructure costs for an entire grid when you know the parts you use. So, if you're buying and selling to energy between your street, why are you paying for expensive long power cables? To example, um, I'm no way saying that we shouldn't be paying for this. By the way, I'm yeah. saying um, I want to see it quantified in a way that. Um, makes it possible there have been several businesses in the past that have attempted to do that um and they call it virtual private wire i think so um but you know, the, the the grid has no um no available tools to track the energy coming on and off the grid especially from smaller generation points um and once you have you know a substantial amount of customers on board that you're doing this for i mean off off are really interested in how much energy are people using um, locally in their property compared to what generate their roofs and no one can tell them that question and we're going to them saying actually well actually we can um, and, and also um, you know if you imagine um, if you were a landlord of a property um, and you were able to um, sell the energy produced from your roof to your tenants at a discounted rate a virtual energy provider um, and then anything else that comes up, you could facilitate the sale of that as well. There, at the moment, there's no way of doing that. But our infrastructure allows you to do that because we know how much is generated on a roof, how much is used locally. We know how much is in a battery and we know how much goes onto the grid. And with all that information together, it allows you to potentially give a a landlord of a higher return on investment it's like adding an extra room <laughs> to the property um you know an income stream for and, and that, i mean as much as um they are um villainized in the world are um you know they have a really really slim budget um um 
line of which, you know, between the cost of having that property and the finance involved and the maintenance and et cetera, compared to what they can charge on rent. If you put solar panels in there and produce an income from selling energy to that person, as I said, it's like putting an extra room in there or an extra tenant maybe in a house. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the key, the key to the energy infrastructure is the industry growing up technically and moving away from being an old boys club where it's all done handshakes in, in cigar rooms. I'm making that up. It's probably true. Um, But, um, and and moving towards like a quantified, (laughs) it's it's a good, you know, champagne at shareholders, Christmas party and stuff, but, um, and, and having um, a quantified trackable system of where we know exactly where they come from. There's no, there's no greenwashing. There's no certificates involved. It's in real time. You can tell in real time where that energy is coming from. If you consider one of the some of the larger um, businesses, Amazon as an extreme, when they have purchase agreements with solar farms, for example, um, to produce their energy, and it's really important that they are low carbon businesses to them. It's like a you know a key part of what they do. Um, our infrastructure will be able to tell them exactly which wind turbine is producing their energy at any time because we have that facility to track the energy coming onto the grid and coming off the grid. And that I believe is the future of energy. That is an amazing story, but David, I wish you every success for this. Thank you. I know, you know, the passion you speak about this product and what you're doing. I'm very excited for you and I'm looking forward to following your story. Thank you for coming along today. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for my special guest, If you want to know more about saving your third largest expense, please go to our website on www.b2benergy.co.uk. That just leaves me one more thing to say. Be safe.